As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The fan. Hashtag Faith Radio. What's up, PA? What's up, man? Uh, what's the weather situation like off our off our uh, texting yesterday? Couldn't, uh, couldn't yeah. get over six five one carpet studios. Yeah the uh, the helicopter that you were supposed to send for me never arrived. Ooh, I'm so sorry. I'm looking out my apartment window right now. Yeah, it's snowing pretty good. What's the weather out there where you are? Mm, about eight degrees. I think it's colder here than it is there. Is it um, intermittent snowing? Thing is here, man, I mean, it's cliche, but two days ago, it was 67 degrees. And, I mean, it, it's like, I mean, when you're not in the shade, 67 this time of the year, man, felt like 80. Uh, but but now, you know, now we're down to 8, and it's snowy, and it's supposed to, like, snow hard here next couple of days. But um, I still found my way over to uh, AM760 and 93.7 KOA. Aaron Gleeman, is, um, he's in Minneapolis with his beloved kitties and his beloved BJ. Uh, he covers baseball and the Minnesota Twins for The Athletic and TheAthletic.com. And uh, it's just a treat to have you on the radio show. That, thank you very much for taking time, AJ. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, you know what, Paul? Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's the what's the MLB update? Uh, well, nothing, nothing huge yet, but I am getting, maybe this is me being naive, but I'm getting slightly optimistic at least yeah. that, you know, they, they've essentially put in place a, a soft deadline of February 28th, the end of this month, that if they don't have a deal by then, they're going to have to push back opening day or cancel opening day. Yeah. Uh, so I do think that's applying some pressure. They're all meeting now uh, in Florida, I think at the Marlins spring training facility. All the players, uh, all each rep, the player reps, which Taylor Rogers is the, is the Twins player rep, but a lot of them flew in to have face-to-face meetings, uh, so they're not doing it over Zoom or they're not doing it with just a couple people in the room. So it definitely seems like they all feel a sense of urgency. Now, why that urgency hasn't existed for the past three months, I don't know, but uh, there's you know basically a week for them to make this happen without affecting the regular season, which even Manfred said, I think, last week or the week before, like that would be uh, disastrous if you screw up opening day. It's one thing to mess up the offseason season 
And it's one thing to get bad press for three months, and it's one thing to cancel some spring training games, but uh, pushing back opening day is a, is a whole different thing. So, so, what, so what is the what is the pushback and and the limitations and everything that's up in arms? Whether it's extending playoff teams or there's there's a revenue related bit, you know, maybe pie in the sky someday. Teams dream of salary caps, whatever it is. Like, what the hell is going on here? Because the the eleventh hour stuff. I would actually expect because that's how these things operate and it's stupid. Right. But what are the actual things uh, that players and the teams are, you know, bickering back and forth and, and henpecking about? There's, I mean, the, the one thing you mentioned is huge from the, especially from the owner standpoint that they, I think probably want the most, which is more playoff teams, more playoff rounds, more playoff games. Cause that's where they make a huge percentage of the money. Uh, they certainly make, you know, many, many times more millions per game in the playoffs than they do in the regular season. And if you remember, like, during 2020, when they, you know, went from 162 to 60 games in the regular season, the owners were, I, I think, sort of happy with that on some level because they just want playoffs, basically. Like, I, I think if the owners could shorten the regular season every year and extend the playoffs every year, they would probably do it. But from the players' point of view, they basically just want a higher percentage of the league revenue. And like in the NBA, NFL, because of the salary cap situation, that's basically guaranteed. They get, I don't know if it's 49%, 50%, 51%, whatever it is, it's distributed basically. If you make a billion dollars in revenue, 50% of that is going to the players via the system they have set up. Well, there's no salary cap system in baseball. There's no hard and fast rules to guarantee that they're getting X percent of the revenue. So basically everything that they're arguing about now, other than expanded playoffs, is the players trying to claw their way from, I don't know if it's like 45% to 50%, let's say. So they want higher minimum salaries. They want younger players to reach arbitration sooner so that they can start getting paid a little bit instead of just making the minimum salaries. And then there's some other offshoots from that. But basically it all boils down to the players saying, You're, everybody's making millions here. The owners are making billions here. We just want 50% of the revenue or as close to that we can get to that as possible. You know, I'm curious how in, in some ways it feels like with baseball and you, you see the, you see it in small motions, whether it's adding a runner on second base in extra innings or trying to stay or adhere to like a pitch clock of some sort, but like reimagining baseball. So expanding playoffs and getting more revenue, that makes sense to me. Players wanting to get their piece of the pie. That makes sense to me. But has, has it ever, has anyone ever done like the Keith Laws or the Aaron Gleemans of the world? Have, have they ever done like a reimagining where it says from a revenue standpoint, okay, we have 162 games, but uh, we have awful ratings for half of them. So what we're going to do is we're going to do 90 regular season games and half the freaking Major League Baseball is going to be in the playoffs and we're going to expand them X, Y, Z. Like how realistic are those things you know, even after getting a taste of a shortened season with the bubble bits and the and the no fans and you know the big heads sitting in the first ten rows of these parks uh, in 2020, has there ever been any grander scale reimagining being conversed? Not really. I mean, it's possible some of that stuff's being discussed, but in terms of shortening this, I mean, they may end up shortening the schedule for this year just because they can't come together and make an agreement, but. I, I'm the biggest baseball fan in the world, and I went to you know 81 home games for the Twins last year, and I'll probably do that again this year. But even I would admit, 
you know, if they went to 144 games instead of 162 games, I don't think that would be bad for the sport necessarily. But it seems like there's not really much uh, negotiation surrounding that sort of thing. And then it also seems like there isn't a whole lot other than the universal designated hitter, which sounds like it's definitely coming in for the National League this year. It doesn't sound like the, the sticking points for these negotiations are really on-field stuff. Like, you know, seven inning games or how do, how you play extra innings. Is there a runner on second base or pitch clocks and all that stuff? It seems like that is kind of background that they figure if we can get the financial stuff figured out, we can kind of deal with that in real time or, or during a season even. Uh, and we saw a little of that during the 2020 with COVID where they made changes to that stuff kind of unilaterally without even the players really having a ton of input. So I'm a little surprised by that because I agree with what you're saying, like, I think baseball is always the most hesitant to change because people are, are so obsessed with the history of baseball and how things used to be. Um, but I also think baseball probably could use change because of that more than just about any sport. But it, it seems like most of the back and forth right now or the sticking points right now are basically how do we split up this pie of billions of dollars. So when uh, so when do you get to Fort Myers? I mean, I might, I, I could, I was talking to Dan Hayes, my, uh, my co uh, beat writer at the athletic, and he was saying, you know, if they settle this thing Friday, we could be there Monday. Uh, I'm not quite that optimistic, uh, but if they can get it settled by, let's say this upcoming weekend, the end of this weekend, or maybe even next Monday, early next week, uh, they can essentially have three and a half, four weeks spring training, which is, you know, quicker than usual, but I don't think is that bad. And you can still have your March 31st opening day. Guys like me can still head down there for two or three weeks in the middle of it and, and watch some games and, and interview some people. But, and, and yeah, as I look out my window right now at the snow, that definitely sounds pretty good. I mean, I, there are some writers, uh, Dan and I haven't done it, but there are some writers in other markets that are just going to spring training now and essentially just hanging out watching minor leaguers. Because that's business as usual. If you're not on the 40-man roster, which is all the major league guys and all the top prospects, if you're just sort of a run-of-the-mill random minor leaguer, it's business as usual in Fort Myers for you with the Twins right now. Isn't when, it? Um, uh, uh, in closing here, when, when's your when's your mailbag today? Uh, taking did, questions today. Or did and, you uh, do it? it because probably, I see here at the Athletic Twins mailbag, questions for beloved AG, leave them here, longer than usual offseason. And so, twins. Uh, okay, so so is that that's today, right? Yeah. If anybody still has uh, pressing questions that they want me to answer between now and the end of the lock, I'll put it. Uh, we're taking mailbag questions on the athletic today for sure. Yep. The athletic, theathletic dot com. Uh, we'll get into some Timberwolves and uh, more with AG around the corner. It is thirteen minutes past the hour. Yours truly at KOA in Denver in the Mile Get High City. Uh, Nordo and uh, Aaron Gleeman back in the Twin Cities. Uh, some Timberwolves conversation plus much more around the... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Fan, the fan. Programming on the fan brought to you in part by Quick Trip. Watch the, the three-point shooting contest that Carl uh, Anthony Towns won. I watched a little bit of it, in and out of it, basically. I mean, it sounded like the dunk contest was terrible. I didn't really watch that, but I watched some of Carl. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to see either. O- Obi Toppin won the dunk contest, right? I believe. Yeah, your did, guy, yeah. Obi Toppin. <laughs> yeah, Obi Toppin, though. <laughs> That's, That's right. Your remember? guy, remember? <laughs> oh yeah. The what was that? <laughs> it was up to the draft. <laughs> Jewish basketball yeah, player. Them. Yeah, I can't remember what was it. It was weird. I don't know. You you were a fan of his, let's say. I think I you know. love saying Obi Toppin more yeah. than yeah. Tim yeah. certainly <laughs> likes playing Obi Toppin. Yeah. It sounds like something that goes atop a baked potato, correct? An Obi Toppin. <laughs> Obi Top the Tater? Oh, that sounds yeah. terrific. Yeah, yeah Obi yeah. Toppin atop the Tater, uh, top the, uh, uh, top the Tater, which you undoubtedly have at Sadiq Bay. Which is a tiny island off Antigua. I mean, it's just. Yeah. I mean, would you rather, like if, if you're Dwayne Casey, would you rather play Sadiq Bay or visit Sadiq Bay right off Antigua? I'd probably rather visit Sadiq Bay. But so, so Cat won the three point uh, shooting contest. Man, was was it just prolific? I mean, and any, I mean, did he, did he just go like lights out at the end to run somebody down or what? Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't that much drama because he put up a big score in the first round. He was basically in right away. And then, yeah, he put, I guess he put up the highest final round score ever. But although they have an extra two shots, I think, in the new format or whatever. Right. But yeah, he, he was great. And I know he was like the biggest underdog and he, he uh, kind of pulled a Joe Namath beforehand and promised he'd win it and all that. I don't know. It's nice to see him. Uh, he said some, he said some tough times. The last couple of years off the court, I know this isn't going to solve that, obviously, or or fix that. But I, I'm just happy to see not only them winning, obviously, as a team, but I'm happy to see him get a little bit of good pub, good PR, get some national attention, and all that stuff. Yeah, I think well, the they- key to that is is that he was a prominent focal point, even if it's for a moment during All Star Weekend when they're when they're rolling everybody out. You have them, yeah. you know, in memoriam for Kobe <laughs> and. MJ's up there and on the stage and, and all the big timers and you see a guy like Steph, you know, talking with Cap before he goes out there and stuff like that. Like, I think that's good for Carl. And as we've spoken to almost no end in terms of, you know, what is their leadership there or things that he needs to get better at and just the evolution of this team, him being a focal point, even for a moment on All Star weekend, that's good for him. It's good for all of us. Plus, I mean, I do think he's gotten better this year. I mean, he's always been a great scorer, a great shooter. I think his defense has been better. I think we talked about this before, but he's he's blowing up at referees less. Still happens, but it's a lot less than it used to be. And you start to see like 
you do get you can play almost exactly the same individually year to year but when your team starts to win and you start to make these little tweaks get a little bit better defensively all that stuff you start to get a little more attention because the team is no longer at the bottom of the standings and not that, not that the wolves are you know on national television every night or anything but they're at least no longer a laughing stock of the league they're a competitive team and people start to go oh yeah remember carl he he's really good still hey um hey techie Aaron Glayman, um at Aaron Glayman via Twitter. Um, you want to give me four fifty now, and we'll call that Clippers Wolves bet even. <laughs> you might if, if we if we can negotiate that number, you might have a taker for that. Like I, it's uh, the, although I w- I'm looking at the Wolves schedule in front of me right now. Here's mm-hmm. their next. Here's their next four. Yeah, Memphis, Memphis, Philly at Cleveland and Golden State. So if my if my if my uh, beloved Clippers, uh, who don't really have much firepower because they went out and traded for Norm Powell and then he's hurt now too with Paul George and Kawhi, but yeah, it's a uh, a buyout is uh, I might be amenable to a buyout, but we'd have to negotiate the number. But you're you're only two games in arrears. Uh, so the you, you mentioned the Wolves schedule, the Clippers, the eight spot, uh, we own the seven. Uh, right, but you know, so so that's the Wolves schedule. The Clippers go eighty-five Bears, two thousand seven, uh, two thousand Ravens, twenty-seven <laughs> Yankees, eighty-five Celtics, eighty-six Lakers. So I mean that that's a super that's a super tough schedule. Oh wait a second, they have the the Lakers twice, the Rockets twice in their next four. Then they host Tibbs. Then they're at Baby Steph. They get the Wizards at home in a week and change with no Bradley Beal. And then they go to Atlanta. Oh, wow. This thing's going to tighten up soon. So you're, you're saying basically I should just wait two weeks and then maybe I can get you to pay the buyout. Is that what you're saying? There, we're, we're in deep stretch of this sucker, aren't we? <laughs> Holy yeah, cow. Not, I didn't realize how many games are left in the year. There's only like 20 something, 23. 20 and yeah, change, was it 20, 23 for the Wolves, right. maybe? Yeah, yeah 21 Crazy. for the Clippers. Oh, great. The Clippers have, uh, wow, their final two games of the year, they host the Kings and OKC. That sucks. Yeah, you might want to buy out, PA. I'll, I'll let you buy out for 150 right now, PA. Might come, might come right <laughs> down to the wire. Well, see, with, with Cat in that Charlotte game and then in the Toronto game, but more so the... Uh, the Charlotte game before the break, our, our guy was pulling up from thirty. I mean, he he was so cocksure with the with his three point game, he was pulling up from like twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty, and he was hitting them. So I mean, it, it's not like this is a new facet of Carl Anthony Towns' game, but it's it's clear that he's becoming very very confident pulling up from three, pretty much anywhere on the court. Do you like that? I do. I mean, I think his threes are down a little. Like, he's been going post-up a little more than he did under Saunders as a coach, I think, which is probably, I don't know, maybe good. But, I mean, people hear this stuff about him being the, you know, when he says it or somebody else says it, he's, you know, the greatest shooting big man of all time. And people react, like, horribly to that because everyone goes, like, what about Nowitzki? What about whoever? And I think, yeah, that's it might be a little early to say that. But just from a statistical standpoint, like there's never been a center or a seven footer to shoot this many threes at this high a percentage. Now, does right. that make him the greatest shooting big man of all time? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, if you put Nowitzki in 
today's game, he's probably launching 10 yeah. threes a game too. But I mean, he's certainly in the conversation. And yeah, like you said, I mean, he's, he's pulling up from 25 constantly. Uh, you know, I, I think the, the diversification of his game is much better than it was offensively, at least is much better than it was a year ago, two years ago, where I think he was going further and further out to three and he wasn't taking advantage of smaller guys down low, which I think there's a, a much better mix of that lately, it seems like. Hey, Gleeman, and I don't know if you allow yourself to do this, but but I have actually started doing this. So forget about the bet and all of that, Clippers or Wolves. But I'm starting to think about, can the Wolves actually win a seven-game series in the NBA playoffs? And I'm starting to look at it, and as of now, whether it would be Golden State, that doesn't feel like a good matchup for us. Phoenix without Chris Paul, I don't know how that, and they have a six-and-a-half game uh, edge right now, so maybe it doesn't matter, but no CP for a month or so. Like, looking at Memphis, if you get to the sixth spot, you face Memphis, and you got MVP candidate Ja. Like, things are so muddy in the West where I'm just, I've, I'm already slowly starting, even with 23 games left, trying to figure out could the Wolves beat one of these teams in a seven-game spot? I mean, they'll definitely be a huge dog. But I, I think, like, with Memphis, like you mentioned, they're really good, but also this that this Memphis roster hasn't done anything playoff wise. So maybe if you're the Wolves, you say if if we can get that three six matchup, it's a matchup of two young teams, neither of which have done anything, and who knows what happens. Maybe they have a few struggle games where they're not used to the playoff environment, just like the Wolves aren't used to the playoff environment. But yeah, like you said, like if the Wolves are in the play in, and even if they win the play in and they get that seven seed or the eight seed. I don't know. I mean, Phoenix, maybe without Chris Paul, it's a different story, but Phoenix and Golden State, that's a tough draw for a, yeah. for a Wolves team. I mean, I think at that point, we'd be looking at can they win one game and can they be competitive in that series? Because, I mean, those are just monster teams. And Memphis has been a monster team in the regular season. We just don't know how that, you know, manifests itself in the playoffs yet just because they haven't done it. And, 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 uh, we we started the show with, with the fact that I'm here in Denver, Colorado, and in a roundabout way, I, I'm in the metaphorical belly of a Minnesota sports fan's beast right now. Outside of the Twins, like for the Vikings, the Broncos, if if Green Bay will trade Aaron Rodgers, the Broncos are favored. So so that directly impacts the Vikings in the division. Avalanche, I mean, listen to Avalanche fan line yesterday after they lost 5-1 at Boston in a matinee. I mean, it's the the level of confidence that they have in Colorado being the best overall team in the NHL and kind of inherently like owed a spot in the Stanley Cup final. Okay, we'll see. Uh, but it it directly and greatly impacts the Minnesota Wild from from a Timberwolves standpoint. Techie and Matt producer is like the the Wolves. The Wolves are fun. The Wolves are better. We, we are we collectively. As a trifecta here in MV3 of 9 to noon, uh, we, we enjoy it and love it markedly more than we have in a decade and a half, all the way back to uh, the real MV3 with Sam, Spree, and, and Kevin Garnett. But the next step is getting past teams like the Nuggets or the Memphis Grizzlies or maybe even an upset of the Denver Nuggets, who I think are ever beatable in the postseason. Dallas, you know, Porzingis got, got peddled to Washington, you know, so they're, they're, they're making a move. They got Spencer Dinwiddie, but he's not as polarizing as Porzingis, but they have Luca. So it's like getting past those teams, pushing past those teams. That's our next step, don't you think? 
Yeah, and I, I, de- I agree completely. And I think because of the new format or the two-year-old format with the play-in, that sixth seed is such a cutoff in terms of like successful season, mediocre season. Because if you finish seventh, eighth, ninth, and you just lose in the play-in, I mean, that's that's good for the Wolves. That's better than expected, but it's not great. But if you can push to sixth where Denver is right now, or you can somehow push to fifth where Dallas is right now, that's a completely different story because then you're you're guaranteeing yourself a berth into the actual playoffs. It's a little bit yeah. like the wild card thing in, in baseball. It's great to make the wild card and have that one-game coin flip and all that, but you're not in the actual real full drawn-out series with strategy and all that stuff. So, I mean, I would love to see the Wolves play in a play in, a play in game. That's better than they've they've had for a long time. But they're what two and a half back at Denver, and they're four back at Dallas. It's going to be tough, just because, like we just said, there's only twenty something games left. But Denver, until they get back Murray and Porter, or if they get back Murray and Porter, they're certainly much more beatable than they've been in past years. And yeah, Dallas is basically just a one man show at this point. Now. The the and and I should know this. I apologize. the The play in bid. I remember it from last year. But like, like, how does the play in bid work again? So seven through ten in each conference are oh, in seven through ten. That's what it is. So yeah, this, some of them would have would have to win twice. Some of them would okay. only have to win once to get into the regular. So that six seed, which is Denver right now, is sort of the cutoff to. Getting in full on, getting into the like full actual playoffs, and then seven through ten, which right now seven through ten is the Wolves, Clippers, Lakers, and Blazers are seven through ten, and so they'd be basically fighting it out to to get that seven and eight spot in the full playoffs. Yeah, the uh, so the seven and eight seed would play each other, and the winner of that seven eight matchup becomes the seventh seed. So then the loser of the seven eight mm. would play the winner of that nine ten game. Why 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 wouldn't seven play ten and eight play nine? No, because it, the the point is is you just have to win one of two games. So the nine and eight, the yeah. lo- they're nine and ten. The loser of that game is eliminated. They're out of the mix. Mm. And if you win the seven and eight game, you're playing. You're not playing the ten seed for the seventh spot. You're fighting with the eighth spot for the seventh spot. So seven and eight right. play each other. Winner gets the seven. Loser of the seven eight game plays the winner of the nine ten game, and then that team, uh, whoever wins that game, would be the eighth seed. They're basically trying to do higher degree of difficulty for the nine ten that they have to win twice instead of just once to get in. But I got it. here's the by the way, speaking of our season long Wolves Clippers win total bet, if yeah. the thing started if the thing started right now, the seven eight matchup would be Wolves Clippers, yeah, and the winner gets the seven seed. So that. <laughs> Are we factoring that into our bet? Is that game determined? Uh, that might determine the whole. What if we have a tie? Great question. They're tied for the seven eight. Then they, maybe that breaks the tie. What do you think? I mean, that's that would be a good sweat. Imagine the drama of that game. We might have to watch that game together if that happens. Like the like like the flimsy rules or lack thereof uh, established for the shirtless forty. You know, where I I owe Rube Nation and Nordo a videotaped 40-yard dash with me running it with no shirt on. Um, But there was no time frame that was set on that. So I'll pay the shirtless (laughs) 40 because I pay my debts. But it's just a matter of when. We didn't really establish with our, well, it was season wins total, correct? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, so it goes to the end of the season. Is that fair? Yeah, but I'm saying if there's a straight up tie, oh, would we rather kind of would we rather kind of roll it oh. over if there's and just a straight go up all tie in and they're, and they're playing each other, then we roll it over. Yeah, I agree. Because if you're a true degenerate, which I am, you can't get take the push and just be happy with a push but, on a season long bet. Well, hold but on, Techie, though. You if it's a tie, get, do I get two? Uh, then I get two to one on the Wolves hosting potentially a, uh, a win and in. Yeah, the the same. The, the odds would apply. It would basically just be the winner of the yeah. bet is whoever wins that game. You're right? not going to you're not going to try and include playoff series, right? I mean, that we're, we're no. not going to try and. And and put that in there on the back end. You need to make that clear because PA is going to do whatever he yes. can to not pay okay. this thing. You got to watch out for that. It's been six years since he agreed to go yeah, shirtless yeah. in a You're party. You're right. No, no. You better. Right. And two things here, Nordo. A, you better be careful <laughs> because I got I still got your five ninety two in my pocket. Oh, okay. okay? So Fair when enough. it comes to actual cash, the announcer pays actual cash. When bouncing dime size nipples are involved to blow up and go viral <laughs> oh, on Twitter or on social media and there's yeah. no timestamp on it, I'm not violating any rules, correct? No, that's true. But six- So when it comes to cash, I mean I'm gonna I, I've I've lost two two bets at least to the techie where I've paid no, my you, cash you to pay. him. You pay. Right. And and in order, I got five ninety two in my pocket for you right now. This, I, I would say our trio has a good track record of paying bets to each other, at least. Yeah, and, so and I wouldn't I wouldn't say that you you wouldn't pay it if ultimately you lost. My point was is that if we don't draw thick, clear yeah. lines, that suddenly yeah. if uh if if the wolves uh, have uh, a two-game deficit, but they mm. win a playoff series. You might try okay. to slip that into the total. Yeah, yeah. but but, Nor- okay, but so Nordo, here- you but Nordo, you slow pay. I mean, you pay, but you slow pay. And I'll never forget the when you tried plan. to make you tried to make a two hundred dollar parlay at Diamond Joe's, and you asked him <laughs> if you could pay sixty the next day. Oh, come and on. they said it just doesn't work like that. Well, no, I got one forty here, but the game starts in three minutes. Can I just give you sixty tomorrow? <laughs> and they didn't. I mean, who are you, Charles Barkley, and your marker in Las Vegas twenty years ago? Crazy. Well, I had my wife right, call let- in. I explained my allowance, and I explained there was only so much I could pay <laughs> yeah. cash on hand. I, I can't <laughs> help that. The bonds. All of right, marriage. let's let's lay out the rule here. Okay, here are the rules. It's regular season only. Mm-hmm. Timberwolves versus Clippers. Mm-hmm. PA's got the Wolves. I have the Clippers. Whoever has the most wins. However, and I got two if to they one. Ta- yes. No, you have three to one. Oh yeah, it's it's, I mean, it's yeah, it's my Dewey against uh, against your six pack. Yeah, I don't know why hey. I'm the moron who wants to give you better odds that I just hey. fixed. Yeah, see, but no, but here, however, if they tie, like if they both end up with like I don't know, forty five wins, whatever it is, at the end of the regular season, we're both saying right now we choose to then roll it over if they match up in the play in. Huh? If it's tied. Yes, if it's tied yes. at the end of the regular season, instead yeah. of taking the tie and just taking our money back, yeah. if, if it's it tied, matched up in the play-in, we'll let it all ride on the playing matchup. Absolutely, especially if it's at okay. tar- at uh, Target Center. Hmm. Oh, can you even imagine that? That'd be great. I mean, will, uh, will Jimmy hey, I, will Jimmy like, Jimmy K let us use the seats for that? Um, hey, seat, you'd have to sit on my lap. But well, even the, better. Remember, I saw the Wolves at Staples Center lose by like 40 points to the Clippers. It was a complete freaking side bet disaster. It deflated yeah. me and I you know, I just feel very blessed and privileged from a from a side spotty standpoint 
that I got two on you right now. Now, Kawhi and Paul George, if and or when do they come back? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't think well, Kawhi's no, when do they come back? back? Like Ka- Kawhi might not come back to the playoffs now. Yeah, I don't think Kawhi's coming back. I think George is a much better bet, but I don't think even that's not going to be till real late, if at all, mm-hmm. in the regular season. There's so. no rush on that's either why, of those guys. Yeah, that's why I think you're definitely a heavy favorite. Just because I mean, the Clippers just don't have any firepower. Like they that's why I'm saying, give me four twenty five now. We'll call it even. <laughs> how about how about uh, two twenty five? 375 right now, make it public and say yes, and yeah. I'll take it, and the bet will be over. We we can negotiate for it. Well, let's see how this next week goes with the interesting schedules coming up, and we can negotiate. What with, on um, earth led you to give him 3-1 to one odds? Like, I'm well, trying to think back at, the, at what yeah. point in this season here. Into the season. He, he like well, Paul George was, was healthy. Paul George was healthy, but, yeah. I mean, yeah. it just. That screwed it, me up. Yeah, I mean, I it's you know the I mean Eric, I I see the NBA more clearly than Aaron, so I mean that's <laughs> that's the answer. Well, now he's get, he's getting cocky again. He was he, he was losing a little cockiness when he yeah. when he looked at the Clippers schedule, but now he's back. He's back. So yeah, I think I'm gonna let this play out for about the next ten days. Mm. If the Wolves go like one and five, and the Clippers go like four and two, mm-hmm. the, the buyout situation might be flipped a little bit. Okay, give me your best 90 seconds. It's at theathletictheathletic.com. It's been a cool series. I have not read this one. I read Radke and one other. Brian Harper, uh, part of the most underrated twin series. Aaron is writing, former catcher for the Minnesota Twins. What makes, what made Brian Harper underrated? Yeah, so I'm doing just kind of to kill time during the lockout, basically. I put together a series on the most underrated twins. Harper is the latest one. Before that, I did Brad Radke, Cesar Tovar, Shane Mack, Corey Kosky. Uh, so it's a mix of like history, but also kind of trying to analyze why they were overlooked a little bit. And I think in Harper's case, back then, everyone was obsessed with his defense being bad and him not throwing. But if you look into the numbers a little bit, he actually threw decently, except for in that playoffs. And he hit 300 almost every year. He was one of the best hitting catchers in baseball. And he was just this guy they picked up off the scrap heap. So I think at the time, no one saw him coming. People were obsessed with the defense. But if you look back at the track record now, he comes across as one of the best catchers in, in baseball over like a five-year period. I, I kind of looked at the same things with Koski, Radke, Tovar, Mack, and trying to say, we know who all the superstars in Twins history is, but I, I wrote about guys who are a little bit under the radar, hopefully. I um I I hope I don't see you next week, but because I know you'll be on the radio show one way or another. But if I don't see you, then that means you're in Fort Myers, and that means oh, a yeah, co- right. cool for the techie because we love the tech. But that means cool for baseball too. That that maybe they took a step for the uh, for the spring summer uh, early fall diversion that we get uh, that is MLB, and we love it, man. So hopefully things work out well for you. Okay. Yeah, let's hope next week we're talking and I have a drink with an umbrella in it at the time. All right, bless you, buddy. Thank you very much, uh, AG. Have a good day, all right? See you, Pierre. Aaron Gleyman, uh, the Athletic, theathletic.com. Uh, we put a wrap on the show and uh, offer up some final thoughts in the final segment. Nine to noon, which is, um, which is across the Great Divide Radio. Yours truly, Paul Allen in Denver, Colorado, visiting my freshman daughter um, who goes to CU Denver. And uh, Nordo back at the 651 Carpets Studios at FM 100.3. I can't wait, I can't wait until tomorrow. You got a um, 9 to noon play of the day for tonight? I mean, technically it's 3-0. and 
Uh, we bandied about Friday, you know, with what to do with that that six and a half over under Wild Florida. Yep. And that sucker went up to seven, and and it was the 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 under seven was slightly favored, like a minus one twenty. We'll explain all all whatever what all of that means some other time. But it, and and then the sucker went over. It finished six two. Are you kidding me? No, that uh, it was in the perfect spot too. It was one nothing wild after one. I, I felt oh. so vindicated with the decision, and then things got loose from there. And so you know, the not every idea or wager is going to hit. But well, uh, that, but that wasn't. I wouldn't. I mean, I didn't think that was a play in the. Like as tout of the day would go. I mean, was it a play? No, I, I mean, I, I put a, I put a little bit on it. We'll say, yeah, we but, didn't dagger it, though. but no, it was, it was, was not, uh, it was not born of confidence. And 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 I'm just going to be honest. The way that the the way that I watch these games with the Wild, uh, it's not a center ice package thing for me. I'm not digging into uh, things in the NHL as deeply as I am in, in the NBA. The hook there yeah. is LFL for life, of course. So you know, I've I felt more confident from a basketball standpoint than the hockey side. So yeah, uh, no tout of the day for me. I'm going to jump back at it on Thursday when uh, when the NBA resumes. I'm pumped for that uh, to extend the the tout of the day. I know everyone's hanging on pins and needles for it. I just love it. I just tout love trying to find the. the I love trying uh, to so find the whether, right answer. Yeah, whether whether they you know whether they're rooting against it. Blindly betting against it, like I did a couple of times, just to have some fun. <laughs> um, it, it's 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 three and zero, and three and zero is three and zero. Let's see. Um, damn, Wilder minus two fifty five on the road. Holy cow! Yeah, I'm seeing it. So I'm seeing it at two twenty six right now. But that's a non play. Why are why are you why you know what I mean? You, you wouldn't yeah. want to put that much cash uh, on a heavy favorite when one weird one goal bit can put you. Right in the L column so quickly. Ever- I think um I think tonight's games of the underwhelming variety, but now the total six, but it's you know, the the wild don't play in a lot of under games. But Ottawa two one, uh they they lose well, they lose every game. So just forget who wins and loses. They lose basically every game. Two one Rangers, three two Bruins with overtime, three one they beat Buffalo. Here's a 5-2 St. Louis, 4-1 Ovechkin. Uh, they beat Ovechkin 4-1, 2-0 Bruins, 2-0 Penguins, 4-3 Carolina, 4-1 Devils, 4-1 Rangers. Yeah, the the Ottawa Senators, they, they play in under games. The total is six. Yeah, and the, the Wild, I think, have won maybe seven consecutive matchups against the Senators. Now, Damn. The, the the thing with the Senators, I think six of their last nine games against the Wild have been over. But also, what I'm learning is specifically like when you're when you're going Eastern Conference, Western Conference games, mm-hmm. where with the Wild and Senators, for instance, seven matchups spans five seasons. Yeah. So how do you use certain trends in in that regard? So you know, trying to find the angle there six. If it's if it's currently at six, I almost just kind of stay away from that at this yeah. stage. But I would tend to lean towards what you're talking about, well, where it might be it might be a grinder, it might be an under tonight yeah, think, in Canada. I think the the only answer to what you just said, the con, is you, we you can't go back to 2019. All right, when you got Parisi and Suter, so now you go to November of last year. So that's during this season at XL Energy Center. We are. We're minus... Yeah, we were minus, uh, minus 216. Two fi- yeah, 215, 216. 
and we win 5-4. Now, a couple of things here. We only won by a goal. So if you're thinking of playing that sneaky minus one and a half, turn it into even money. I, I mean, we, we beat them by a goal. Uh, the over-under was five and a half at six here. So maybe these teams play in overs. Uh, but you're right, man. It's just, it's, I mean, it, the, the Senators play in under games. We play in over games. Sounds like a pass all up. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't like those, those plus one and a half bits, by the way, because you, you might as well just bet the 226 if you're well, going to, if you're going to take a goal and a half in a hockey game. Let, let's just say. There's a place in Colorado called Blackhawk. It's about an hour outside of Denver, <laughs> and it, it's just a fun place with you know like a place called Ameristar and other places. Wild Edmonton was even money, which I thought was ridiculous because it was an overcorrection from what happened to us against Bruno. Correct, but and and Edmonton was hot, okay. But Edmonton doesn't play defense; they're not squared away like Bruno's team. Yep. So that was an even money when it comes to plus or minus one and a half. See, wild minus one and a half, turning that into a plus two and a half to one. See, that that's like something I'd be interested in in that Edmonton game. But, like, not tonight. I mean, you know, so this tonight's a pass, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you mentioned that Edmonton bit, by the way, as we wrap up 9 to noon. Yeah. The fact that you were able to get wild minus 110 at Edmonton, a place it feels like they haven't lost since like 2010 um, that that was incredible and the bounce back was beautiful and uh the winning continues tonight i believe in Ottawa. i'll be back um i'll be back at koa tomorrow uh nordo at kfam thank you very much for listening to nine to noon on the talker tuesday and here's big daddy kane mad producer to put a wrap on the show bye and thanks to metropolitan ford for sponsoring the nine to noon show wraps metro ford of course is your truck superstore PA in Denver, scenery's incredible. He's wandering downtown, handful of edibles. A little chilly there today, but take no pity. He's feeling just fine in the mile, get high city. And jealous, Broncos got what we want. Walk in in the front door, three trophies they flaunt. Almost a poke in our soft sides, it's they taunt. Only trophies we have are bad memories they haunt. And the hockey town, cream of the crop, the abs. More formidable than meat sauces, massive calves. No fear about the matchup, or what playoffs have in store. But annoyed it isn't called the Pepsi Center anymore. And the Nuggets, they can hit like a flurry. But they're trying to make magic without Jamal Murray. So they'll probably fade. Wolves get that sixth spot for real. They get swept by John Morant, 10 feet off a bill. Podcast today's Paul Allen Show. Or listen back to previous show and interviews by going to the iHeartRadio app or KFA. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.